Uh, their clam chowder was pretty disappointing, though. Not all chowder is made equal, right? I mean, some right. places are going to be good and some places are not going to be great. And, and some are going to make Manhattan style and then no one's going to DCL Duo fans, before we dive into tonight's episode, we had a voicemail come in on our voicemail line. Uh, for listeners out there, if you're not familiar, we have a voicemail line you can call. It's 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. Have that set up so listeners can call in and leave us questions or feedback or comments, or whatever you want. We'll respond to them generally on the air. Uh, so we're going to start tonight's show with a voicemail, and here it is. Hi, my name is Stephanie. I am from Montana. Your guys' podcast has been super helpful and I've, I've really appreciated all the information you guys have put out there in planning my Disney cruise. Um, we are planning on going in 2024, February, actually exactly one year from now on the Fantasy on the Western Caribbean. But because we are flying all the way from Montana um, and this kind of being probably a one-time experience for us, we are thinking of adding Disney World or Universal Studios on to one end of the cruise. Would you guys mind talking about your thoughts and opinions on that and what the areas are that you would recommend? My girls will be eight and six when we go and are all about the princesses, which I know the characters will see on the, the cruise ship, but we're super curious about Disney World or any of the attractions around there and how, how they would work and what your opinions would be. Thanks so much for your time. I appreciate everything you guys are doing. Have a great day. Bye. Well, Stephanie, thanks for that question. That is a tough one. Uh, I'm going to tackle it first and then hand it over to Sam for her thoughts. But uh, a couple things strike me from your question. First is, if you're going to add on a park stay, that's great idea. We do that ourselves whenever we go to Orlando and we're sailing out of Port Canaveral. Usually stay at the parks at least one day or overnight and try to do some things around the parks. But our general recommendation is to try to put your park stays at the front end of your trip because the parks are kind of go, go, go and not super relaxing. So then you can do your park stay, board the cruise, rest, relax, recuperate and enjoy yourselves. Um, as far as you mentioned Universal or Disney World, I would say unless your girls are super Harry Potter fans, Universal is really kind of a thrill ride park, in my opinion. I'd love to hear from someone who's taken younger kids to Universal to know if they found enough things for them to do throughout the day. But I feel like the real attractions at Universal are these thrill rides that your girls, A, may not be willing to do, but B, probably uh, don't meet like height requirements and other things to, to ride those rides. So I think you'll get more bang for your buck heading to Walt Disney World with younger kids. You mentioned your girls are princess fans. I think Sam would support this, but I'll let her confirm like Magic Kingdom is where you got to go at least one day uh, to see the princesses. My own opinion, you know, a lot of this is going to depend on how much time you have to spend, you know, uh, what your kids are into, what they don't like, those types of things. So take this with a grain of salt. But uh, I would then say after Magic Kingdom, I would sort of figure out are your girls big into animals? Go to Animal Kingdom. Uh, do they love Toy Story and Star Wars or, you know, that kind of stuff? Probably too young for Star Wars, but then, you know, head to Hollywood Studios. Uh, are they big into Frozen? Then, you know, head for Epcot. So I, I would kind of figure out what things your girls really like to do and, and focus on those things. Of course, if you want to spend a day for the adults, then head to Epcot and, you know, eat your way around the shirt. 
and eat your way around the World Showcase or drink your way around it, whichever you choose. So, Sam, what are your thoughts here? Okay, I'm going to... 100% agree with Brian's recommendation about Universal. I'm going to say skip it. Don't go to Universal. Your kids are too young to fully enjoy it with the one caveat that if your kids are huge Harry Potter fans, then yes, you can spend a day at Universal really just doing the Harry Potter stuff. However, even some of the Harry Potter rides are going to be too intense for kids that those ages. As for the specific recommendations for Walt Disney World, I'm going to agree with Brian on you must spend a day at the Magic Kingdom. All of the Fantasyland rides are for younger kids, and then there's plenty of other rides that are for younger kids throughout the Magic Kingdom park. The second recommendation I'm going to give is a little bit different than what Brian said. You told us your kids are princess people, princess fans. That means they must love Anna and Elsa, which means you must go to Epcot because the Frozen Ever After ride is there in the Norway Pavilion. They can also meet Anna and Elsa. It's going to be a long line of a wait. I would actually recommend meet them on the cruise and not in the park. However, I still think you're going to want to go to the World Showcase. You're also going to want to go to the the French Pavilion. And the reason you're going to want to go there is the Ratatouille ride. And then while you're there, you can also hit the new Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. That's really for the adults, but the kids might be tall enough and old enough to enjoy that if they do like coasters. So I'm definitely going to say your second park is Epcot. If you have additional time, then think about Toy Story versus Animals and you can choose, you know, a third park. But if you've got limited time, for sure, those two. All right. Thanks, Stephanie. I guess I would also just wrap this up by recommending if you're not listening already, Rope Drop Radio, great source for parks information, our go-to podcast for that stuff. So thanks for leaving the voicemail. And now on to our episode. Welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of the DCL Duo podcast brought to you by My Path Unwinding Travel. And Sam, you are clearly safely ensconced in your green room, Mickey Pillows, yeah, popcorn buckets, the whole thing. Yeah. Are the popcorn buckets full of popcorn? Is that where your snacks are housed? Or No, I I wish they were full of popcorn right now. They're all empty, um, but I have a lot of popcorn buckets. My favorite ones right now are probably from the Main Street Electrical Parade. Well, and you've got Mr. Toad's Wild Ride on its way, hopefully on its soon. Way. Courtesy of Mr. Chad Pennycuff. Yeah, to add to my popcorn bucket collection. I love it. Yeah. Popcorn buckets aside, we are excited to welcome our guests to the show this evening. Let's start by welcoming Tracy to our show. Welcome, Tracy. Hi, y'all. Hi. Hi. Tracy, we're going to be chatting about a cruise you took out of New York to Canada, which we're excited to talk about. But before we get there, tell our listeners a little bit about your experience with Disney Cruise Line before that sailing or just up until now. And uh, maybe even if you've sailed in any other cruise lines. Yes, I did sail once uh, before on a Carnival cruise many years ago. And then my first Disney cruise was in 2013. And this one that we just completed to Canada was our first platinum number 11. Oh, Oh, yay. Congrats. That's awesome. What other kinds of itineraries have have you all done? We have only done Caribbean. So this was a really nice change. Oh, wow. And have you done Eastern and Western? Or, and do you have a favorite between them? Definitely Eastern. We've done most of the Western ports. I've never been to Jamaica. Tracy, what uh, what ships have you been on with Disney Cruise Line? I just got off the wish on Monday. So that was all five. Oh, yeah. my goodness. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. So, so you just did a wish Bahamas, you know, regular uh, three or four night cruise? This was actually a special itinerary. I don't know where it came from, but it was a three night that didn't stop in Nassau. We got a sea day, but it was scheduled to be that way. It wasn't, you know, like a last minute change. 
Oh, awesome. Awesome. Ooh. That's even better. Just Castaway and Sea Time. I love it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was fantastic. So you've completed your Grand Slam and now your Fab Five, I take it. Uh, yes. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. We have to, awesome. The treasure coming out, we got to figure out what the six ship uh, is going to be in seven. Uh, the seven dwarves, I think, is what I'm going for. Although that, that denotes uh, website breakdowns and things for Disney. <laughs> no, so not website. a great idea. Yeah, seeing those seven dwarves is not a good thing, typically, if you're on uh, Disney Cruise Line's website. (laughs) Well, let's talk about this uh, exciting cruise out of New York. Tracy, what prompted you? You said you did mostly Caribbean sailings. What prompted you to pick a sailing out of New York to Canada? Uh, It was very last minute. We booked it like a week before we left because we were already going to be in New York. I actually had had my heart set on a longer itinerary. And then we had a scheduling conflict, so that wasn't going to happen. So we were already going to be in New York that week, and they just happened to have a Sailing on the Magic leaving on Monday, October 10th. And we were going to fly out of New York on Tuesday the 11th. But I was like, oh, let's just do this instead. Awesome. I had found out uh, there was a change in the schedule. Anyway, I had off of work the whole week, and one of my kiddos had off of school the whole week and another one had off half the week. So I was like, we have to do it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Now the itinerary, was it back and forth to New York or did it end someplace else? Like, was it a repositioning? No, no, it was uh, in and out of Manhattan. Well, you flew from New Orleans, you were there, you took the cruise. Uh, You said you've done a lot of Caribbean cruising, but cold weather cruising, that's a big difference too, I feel like. Were you... uh... Yeah, especially October. Yeah. Yeah. How'd that go for you overall? So it went fine. The weather was actually beautiful and perfect, but we way overpacked. Like we had, we probably had like three coats each, you know, we're, we don't know. <laughs> I, I like to give people some perspective when it gets below 40 degrees here, my kids' schools, they, that's when they stop outside recess. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we would if we had that happen here in Seattle, that would be kind of a problem because like, the kids would never be outside. But actually, I always joke like if if they canceled things for rain here in Seattle, like we would be stuck inside like all all winter. Yeah. So yeah, for sure, that's for sure. hilarious. Well, you were in New York ahead of time, which I think is probably a good thing, right? You get to experience New York City before you get on the cruise. What was the situation like getting from where you were staying in New York to the port? Was that a fairly easy transfer for you? Oh, so easy. It's really close. I was surprised. Like um, we we stayed maybe a block or two outside of Times Square because we were seeing a lot of shows. And then when we took the Uber from the hotel to the port, I mean, even with traffic, it was maybe like a 20 minute ride. It was, we, if we didn't have a ton of luggage, we maybe could have walked, but oh, who wow. wants to do that? Yeah. Oh, well, especially through the streets of New York. Yeah. <laughs> walking right. With luggage is my least favorite activity there. Yeah. Before we get to the cruise, can I ask you what your favorite show was that you saw while you were in Manhattan? <laughs> this is always the most important thing for me. <laughs> we really love theater. So like the sole purpose of going for that trip was uh, Into the Woods. Oh, I'm so jealous. That's one of my favorite musicals of all time. And I love the Bernadette Peters version of it. And I would have loved to see that production on Broadway. And I heard it was fantastic. But as good as you expected it to be. Oh, it was so good. I I like booked when they had the original cast. I don't want to get too off topic, but when they had like Brian Darcy James, Sarah Bareilles, Philip Asu. Mm-hmm. But like as soon as I booked, they changed cast, but they were still fantastic. Well, you arrive at the cruise terminal. We just actually talked to somebody last week about sailing out of New York. And uh, I think they described a portion of the cruise terminal as befitting a Halloween movie or something. <laughs> and, <laughs> not, not, not the terminal that you all sailed no, out of, no, the, no, one the one right next, next door. door. Yeah, but, yeah. Oh, 
you that the cruise terminal was a little uh, industrial rustic New York chic. Uh, and so I don't know. How did how did you find the cruise terminal? Uh, I mean, it was fine. It's it's not Port Canaveral. But I mean, we sailed out of um, Miami, New Orleans and Galveston also. So, I mean, it, it was fine. I don't I guess I didn't wasn't paying a ton of attention because I don't care about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But it was it was definitely like when we got dropped off, we were kind of like, are we in the right spot? We kind of had to find our way a little bit. It's not it's not the organized Disney run procedure that you're used to in Port Canaveral, but it was fine. We got where we needed to go. Quickly. Yeah, I find that's the part you need to pay attention to is, is how well organized it is to get from yes. outside the terminal to in the terminal and through security and all of that. I mean, so was it a, was it a fairly smooth boarding process once you sort of figured out where you needed to be? Yeah, I would say so, especially because I didn't have my, you know, the little QR code that they scan. I didn't have it downloaded to my phone, so I would have to give my stateroom number every time. But we didn't have any problems. Yeah, I feel like no port is as ready to go as Port Canaveral is, but they still figure it out. You know, it's not like it may not be as as Mickey smooth as Port Canaveral, but it'll be it'll all just end up fine. Right. I would say I prefer it over Miami. I've done Miami twice. You get on board. Uh, you were on the magic. It must have been. Yes. The magic out of New York. Uh, there was this this was not your first time aboard the magic, though. No, this was number three. How was Sail Away? Because Sail Away is a fairly iconic Sail Away out of New York Harbor. And so how was that? It was so beautiful. You know, we you leave right around sunset. You go out. You're going to go past the Statue of Liberty and Ellis Island. Um, you get to see the Manhattan skyline. And the I wouldn't say the deck was crowded. There was plenty of room. We got a chair. But I mean, there was a lot of people out there enjoying the sail away. My two kids didn't even want to see it. Like we didn't we specifically did not go to the Statue of Liberty. I was like, we're going to see it on the way out. The youngest one is seven. She as soon as like the sail away party was over, she's like, please take me in the kids club. <laughs> you know, the age where she is kids club obsessed, does not want to leave ever. And then the oldest one just decided she was going to explore the ship on her own. She's 12. Uh, so, um, yeah, my mom and I got a glass of champagne and it, we enjoyed it so much. I actually did a time lapse video uh, that came out pretty good. And it's very short if you want me to share with you. <laughs> awesome. We'll throw that up on the Facebook page if you share it. Sure. That'd be great. Were there other ships in port when you got on or was it just uh, just Disney? No, there was another ship in port Norwegian was next okay. to us. And I think there was another ship. Um, the weirdest thing ever ended up happening. The Norwegian ship that was next to us had a very similar itinerary. And my mom, who sails with us, rent ended up like they posted on Facebook right before we were leaving that they were on the ship, the Norwegian ship next to us. Then we ran into them at the port in New Brunswick. Two people from wow. New Orleans. Like, what are the odds? It was yeah. so I mean, if I didn't know from Facebook that they were going to be there. Um, I don't know if I would have even made the connection, but that's really weird. But yes, there were other ships there. So awesome. it, was, it was a five night sailing, I think you said up front. Where, where did it uh, where did it stop? New Brunswick, obviously, but where else? Yeah, it was it was um, six nights. We had a sea day. Then we went to Bar Harbor, Maine, uh, then St. John, New Brunswick, then Halifax, Nova Scotia, and then another lovely sea day. And um, the sixth morning we debarked. I'm very curious to hear about the port stops. Maybe before we get there, what kind of room did you get on board the sailing this time? Standard inside stateroom. 
Listen, everybody's got their preference, right? And yeah, I feel right. like you go with your tried and true, whatever works. And people love those inside state rooms, especially for sleeping, because then they have no <sighs> sitting got peeking in in the middle oh, of the good. night it's black it's a cave i love it <laughs> yeah they get the, some people get the best sleep of their lives on a cruise ship i think in general so yeah. even you know the rocking darkness all of that combined mm-hmm. awesome. Awesome. Well, let's talk ports for a few minutes because yeah. i think that's the really unique thing about this itinerary the ports it stops at and so maine bar harbor maine how I have no idea <laughs> what Bar Harbor, Maine looks like, but how was that as a port? And did you get off and do anything in Bar Harbor? What what was the port experience like there? Uh, it was fantastic. It was so beautiful. It, I mean, I've seen lots of pictures, and they don't even do it justice. We were there at the times when the leaf change, the leaves change, also like foliage. I mean, that was amazing for me because I don't know. I've never seen foliage before, like changing colors with the season. New York and then New England, I would say in the fall is just beautiful. I mean, all the different tree colors, like like everything from like yellow to deep reds and browns. And I I love, I mean, I grew up in, you know, outside of New York City and fall, it also happens to be when my birthday is, but fall was always my favorite season because of all the colors and just how pretty it is. What do they call it there? It's leaf peeping? You go leaf peeping, I think is what they call it. Leaf peeping. I've never heard that. leaf peeping? All right. Well, (laughs) yeah, I've heard that too. I'm like leaf peeper. That's a bit offensive, but okay. I guess that's what I am. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so what what kind of excursions did Disney offer for Bar Harbor? Like what sorts of things could you do? They had several different Acadia National Park excursions and a couple different ones that went out on a lobster boat. I'm trying to remember all of them. We did do Disney excursions in every port and we booked last minute. So availability was pretty limited. We booked an Acadia National Park bus tour uh, and they had one where you get off for a while. Like you take a bus there, but you spend a lot of time walking around. All I was able to get was the one where you, you get off for like 20 minutes at the summit of Cadillac Mountain mm. in Acadia National Park. I mean, those those views were beautiful, but it's it's not a, it wasn't a super long tour. I wish we could have spent more time in the park, but, you know, it just didn't work out that way. But it's a tender port. So we got off and we got on shore probably around 11. And once you get off the port, I mean, it's it's beautiful, like a postcard. The minute you step off of the, the dock, there's a nice little park there. We walked a few feet up to a restaurant called Galen's and we had a delicious meal with clam chowder, lobster bisque, Maine lobster, blueberry cobbler, you know, all kinds of local food that I thought was excellent. Oh, you're speaking my love language. I have a <laughs> beautiful lobster roll and some, and say, some Sam would be looking for the lobster roll. Yeah, I'd be looking for the, I actually really like the Connecticut style lobster roll. I'm going to put this out yeah. there. It's a, it's butter instead of mayonnaise. You can either, you know, the the traditional Maine style is, is, uh, is mayonnaise, but the traditional Connecticut style is with butter. Yeah. So I'd like be looking both. for, yeah, I mean, they're both good, but I'd be looking for the Connecticut style, but that cup of clam, New England clam chowder. There is like no, I'm sorry, Manhattan chowder fans. That's just not where it's at. Clam. Are New there England Manhattan clam, clam chowder fans? If so, there are. Uh, please, there are. please let us know. Cause uh, I, if, if, you, <laughs> if, if you're not a fan of New England clam chowder, I mean, I guess the lactose. And well, and but. Seattle is, it's funny. Seattle is actually a place where New England clam chowder is like a plenty as well. It's even though we're obviously yes. the Northwest, not the Northeast. <laughs> Ivers. Ivers Clam Chowder. Not a sponsor of this show, but uh, once again, if you'd like (laughs) us to hawk your clam chowder, let us know. (laughs) How long were you in ports? And we we were in Norway. These are like pretty substantial port days. You could do an excursion. You could wander around town. And and I guess how long were you in port? And how big was Bar Harbor? Was it a place where you could sort of, I don't know, tour around the, uh, the main part of Bar Harbor pretty easily on your own? Or would it require an excursion? 
It was definitely walkable. After we had our lunch, they have a very nice paved area that you can walk. It goes along it goes along the coast, so you're walking along the ocean the whole way, and then on the other side is some beautiful grounds of the Bar Harbor Inn. Um, and if you follow it all the way down to the end, you end up just in like a residential area, um, and you get to see some of those beautiful old Victorian homes. You you know you walk out and you walk like maybe one or two blocks, and then you're in another little town area. So we stopped at a coffee shop, we went to a bookstore, and then you know we just walked in the bookstore, and then we. Uh, we passed an ice cream spot that had fresh blueberry ice cream. So, of course, we had to eat that, which was also <laughs> delicious. What's the souvenir from Bar Harbor? What, what are they uh, What are they trying to get you to take home with you? <laughs> you know, nothing really sticks out. I guess yeah, I I'm, not a, I'm not a big like souvenir person. Yeah. So I didn't really notice, I guess. I figure you can't be taking home lobster, but yeah. No, but right. the food is, yeah, but the food is what they're known for. It's really, yeah, the lobster and the blueberries obviously are what, they, what they're really known for. There's a lot of antiquing. I feel like in that area, those kind of yes. port towns are really famous for the, in the nor- in New England in general, but not even in the broader Northeast. Yeah, there's I feel like antiquing is kind of is really, really big. But obviously, if you're getting on a cruise, you're probably you might get like a small thing. <laughs> The small antique something or other, but I'm not sure you could, you know, you're not going to like carry a table and chairs on the Tiffany cruise. lamp. I mean, you'll get that home easily, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Approximately what time was all aboard? Because you're able to get off, right? You said about 11 a.m., right? Right. I can't, I can't remember, but everything that I just said, we did all of that before our Acadia bus tour at three o'clock. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Bus tour starts at three or they're pretty... A pretty decent yeah, we had to have been there until at least 5.30 or 6. And we were taking the tender boat back to the ship. The sun was setting and it was so beautiful. Oh, And so now nice. Bar Harbor has just banned cruise ships over a thousand people like he oh. went. So, well, yeah, maybe they'll, I mean, maybe they'll come back when they notice, I guess, the economic impact. But, you know, who knows? Key West never did change back. So... Actually, oh Key West uh, has changed back now, but not, oh, of their own, not of their own choice. The uh, the governor signed a bill into law that uh, overrode the vote down there. So Virgin Voyages has been going back to Key West. Uh, unclear, oh, if, okay. unclear if Disney will ever go back, you know, just for local relationship reasons and that sort of thing. But um, And it wasn't a, a common port for them anyway. No, just like, they I mean, like Bar Harbor. Yeah. yeah. But Bar Harbor is not a not a super common port. They go there, you know, maybe only on the magic really, you know, and well, it might be the dream next year, but yeah, they only, only a few sailings a year. And some of these towns that have banned large cruise ships have actually seen better tourism dollars coming in because, you know, they become a place that the cruises aren't stopping. And so people come for the quieter experience and end up staying and spending more. But so who knows? Who knows how the economics work? Who knows if people change their mind down the line? Well, that's sad to hear, though. That's sad to hear. I guess as you progress along the trip, what is the weather like, Tracy, as folks are thinking about sailing to Canada? And the seas. Oh, and the seas. Yeah. What were the sea conditions and the weather like? I don't remember any any particularly rough seas, but I'm not sensitive to that. You know, I'm, I'm not going to notice as much as probably someone else. Maybe the last sea day, you know, when we were probably moving a little bit quicker to get back. I feel like maybe I felt a little bit more motion. But mm-hmm. um, no, other than that, it was... It was pretty smooth, I feel like. So the indicator on board, if you're experiencing rough seas, at least we found this out in Norway, they start to put the, uh, the I'll, put, I'll call them doggy bags out in the bathrooms. Oh, okay. uh, so yeah, those those go out in the bathrooms. But yeah, if you didn't see those, it was probably smooth sailing. And what was the weather like as the trip progressed? I mean, how cold did it get? The weather was beautiful. Like I would say in the afternoon, it might have hit 70 degrees. Oh, wow. It was sunny. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, it, w- it would be cold to us in the morning, like in the 50s. Mm-hmm. That would be cold to us. So I, I did bring all three of my sweaters that I own. <laughs> 
sorry. I have to laugh because you own only three sweaters, but it totally makes sense because you live in like a hot, humid New Orleans. Meanwhile, I have a collection of sweatshirts, sweaters, overshirts, coats, (laughs) (laughs) hoodies, you know, like just my sweatshirt collection. Yeah. Yeah. The weather is the weather is pretty much identical to Orlando in New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah. Did did you or the kids get up to any swimming? Because we did notice in Norway that you you could swim in the pools. They were heated. And I'm just curious, uh, did you get up into any swimming while you were sailing? I did not. But my two crazy water loving children, uh, the oldest one did the aqua dunk a number of times. And the little one, yeah, she she got in and out of the hot tub repeatedly, you know, watching Funnel Vision on the last sea day. I was going to say, pro tip if you're an Aqua Dunk fan is to do these cold weather cruises because I it was me, There's a no little line. kid, a little boy and a little girl that were just doing circles around. Oh, you know, yeah. Go up, go down, run back up, go up, go down. And I talked to the one of the I think the little boy's dad at one point. And he said, yeah, he's gone on like 25 times. Yes, <laughs> both so, him and yeah. that and that little girl, Brian, because when I was filming you, the, I kept seeing them come down and it was yeah. like crazy. They each had gone. I think they each ended up going more than like 50 times in like yeah. one day. And I think personally that that slide is terrifying. So I just can't imagine. But they they seem to love it. So I love that. Yeah. And I, I do think the Northeast was having unseasonably warm weather because Fair. I know that in New York in particular, they were having like a very warm October this year. So I imagine that it sort of even north of New York was was having such beautiful weather as well, which is amazing. I mean, that kind of weather in October is fantastic. Well, let's head up to uh, St. John's, New Brunswick. Uh, again, a port I'm not familiar with and many of our listeners probably won't, won't be familiar with. So what was that like? Were you tendering in or docked? That one we docked. It had a very industrial look to it. Um, in fact, where we went to see... So the next two ports very heavily uh, featured the Bay of Fundy for us, something I didn't really know anything about before this cruise. I will try not to talk too much about it because I really like geeked out hard learning about it. It has the highest tides in the world. In St. John, uh, they have something called the Reversing Falls where Bay of Fundy, the tide like on average is between 40 and 50 feet. It'll go all the way out and come all the way back in. And so at some point when the tide empties into the river, it's like higher than the river and will reverse the direction of the St. John's River twice a day. So a big... Like, yeah, high point to go see is where that reverses over the falls and you can kind of see the river flowing upstream, I guess. That's so cool. It was very cool to me. Yes. Yeah. How big is St. John's in terms of, I mean, is it a sizable city or? I guess medium size. Mm -hmm. I don't really know. It's hard to tell because like a lot of these places, um, well, I think St. John's and Halifax have a pretty good year round resident, but like where we were in Bar Harbor, I mean, I think it's kind of like those Alaskan ports where like probably 60% of the population don't even live there year round. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And everything shuts down at the end of October, we were told. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And what kind of uh, what kind of excursions could you do in St. John's? Um, okay, so again, because we booked last minute, we the excursion that we got was not the one that I wanted. So we ended up, I want to say, yeah, we lost an hour between Bar Harbor and St. John. So I, you know, I went to Port Adventures the first day, couldn't get it. The next morning, I got up like to go meet in the lounge where if you were taking an excursion, like this time change is going to get somebody, somebody's going to mess up. <laughs> somebody did because nobody had canceled, but by the time they were ready to go. Someone hadn't shown up and that's how we got on 
that port wow. adventure. Okay, this is a brilliant pro tip. I would never have thought of this, Tracy. For those of you listening, that is so smart for an early morning excursion. I am sure that there are people who miss those early morning excursions because they, you know, they maybe drink a little too much the night before going to match your mate and <laughs> oversleep. Oh my goodness. Brilliant, Tracy. You you should have thought of this tip, Sam, because wasn't it uh, the day that we had a time change that you were, I mean, you were ready to go an hour early? An hour everywhere? early. Everywhere? Like, yes. Yeah, so, because yeah. I thought that my phone had updated because it had updated the day before when we had an hour change and it but it didn't actually and so I was going around to try and do like open houses and I went to like open a door and it was locked and I was like huh and that's how I realized it was the wrong time but anyway yeah I'm I'm an early riser that is probably because our son has made me into an early riser but yeah yeah I could totally I could totally snag someone's spot. So how how <laughs> was the excursion you ended up doing, Tracy? Did you enjoy yeah. it? There, oh, the other excursions. We did an Irving Nature Irving Park Nature Hike, which is like a nature preserve around there. Some of the other ones they had were whale watching, um, wildlife photography. They're all up on the... They're still up on the Disney Cruise website. So we went to Irving Nature Park. You walk around, you see like a, a salt grass marsh. Um, and then you take like a hike through an, a nice little forest. I wouldn't really call it a hike like you guys did in Norway. I mean, it's a walk, but the ground is, is really uneven. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, you do go up a bit of an incline. I mean, it was fine. It wasn't too challenging, but it was, you know, one of the steeper climbs I've ever made because everything is like inverted or flat here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the city that sits below the river. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Everything is low, low sea level, below sea level, not above sea level. <laughs> That's how they measure things in New Orleans. <laughs> but our guide was really fantastic. Then we got bird seed and you just had to stay in real still and, you know, hope that the birds would fly up to you and take some out of your hand. And both of my kids, that, that was like a big deal for them. So, you know, that did happen to each of them at least once. Because if you if you have two and one gets it and the other one doesn't, oh, goodness, be ready for some years. <laughs> <laughs> we did that someplace. Uh, I'm trying to remember where we did. I got I got some bird seed and put it in my hand and, and you were trying to figure out how to get that. I was like, you just hold your hand out the birds come so no yeah. no not me that wasn't with me whatever you did that it wasn't with me because i would not do that i do not want birds nathan was definitely there because i got him to do it so yeah, yeah. I, oh i know what it was we were, it was at a zoo and it was like you and he and i think your dad was with us i can't remember where we were but you you went into like the aviary and you were holding and oh, i stayed right. out of yeah and i stayed out of the aviary because i don't i don't like hate birds but i don't want birds touching me like let me put in that like it's not yeah hashtag birds aren't real birds birds aren't real Well, and so did, did you get a chance to tour around St. John's as well, like you did in Bar Harbor? Or was it, uh, you know, a more compact day? No, no, no. Um, so, yeah, after we did the little hike, fed the birds, by the way, um, on the bus, when the guy said we would feed the birds, somebody on the bus, of course, went tuppence a bag. And she's like, <laughs> the guy is like, what? I'm like, we're Disney people. We can't help it. Like, don't, it's okay. <laughs> of course. It wasn't, my, it wasn't anybody in my family that time, but <laughs> everybody was singing the rest of the ride, probably. <laughs> right. So and another cool thing that they had there was uh, like they called it a forest maze, which is like a, a tree maze. I, again, had not seen anything like that before. My kids got in and out of it pr- fairly quickly. I'm like wandering around like, where are y'all? What's happening? They're like, it's this way, mom. Come on. <laughs> I love that. I'd be I'd be the lost one, too. <laughs> right. They had a really nice playground at the end. I mean, it was like a it was a part 
park where you could tell locals would come and stuff. Um, it was very nice. Not that you, something you really need to see on your cruise. Yeah. So that was only like maybe a two or three hour excursion in the morning. So then we, we did go back to the ship. My youngest wanted to go to the kids club. So we wanted to stay and explore the port. I was like, Ooh, am I going to do this? I was like, all right, I'm going to try it. Left her on the ship. And we went and walked around, but I, I wouldn't go anywhere where I like couldn't see this ship. <laughs> so, like, like I felt like I could run back to it if at any time I needed to. Went on a little. We ate at a local place down there. I mean, the food was good, and we got lobster rolls there. And we did ask for it. I had not. I wasn't familiar with the term Connecticut style. Um, it was the mayonnaise based version on the menu, which is good. I like it. But we asked for the butter, and it was pretty good there. Uh, their clam chowder was pretty disappointing, though. Not all chowder is made equal, right? I mean, some right. places are going to be good and some places are not going to be great. And, and some are going to make Manhattan style and then no one's going to Well, it sounds like a fun day there. Um, I, I want to say I'm real proud of you, Tracy, for leaving the kid on the ship. I have We have not done that. We've left the kid at home, but we have not left the kid on the ship. Uh, while we've done an excursion, the closest we or, or sort of walked out on port, the closest we ever came to doing something like that was leaving Nathan at Scuttle's Cove on Castaway when we were eating Palo brunch on the ship. But that I feel like is like way safe because it's Disney's property and Disney's ship, right? Versus being split between, you know, just a port and, and the ship. So yeah, right. so good, good on you. I feel like we're going to Probably, I, I'm going to want to do that at some point. We just we just haven't had it happen because, like I said, we left him at home the last cruise. <laughs> well, we have to we have to try out uh, some nanny land time, perhaps at Disneyland or our next yeah, Disney World trip. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, DCL Duo fans, you know, we get the question all the time, should I use a travel agent to book my next Disney cruise or should I just book with Disney directly? And I'm going to tell you, if you have that question in the back of your mind right now, you should stop what you're doing and head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo. The folks over at My Path Unwinding provide an amazing service. They are so knowledgeable and so friendly. We rely on them ourselves to book our family vacations and they provide an amazing service. And the best part is you don't pay anything extra for it. Disney, other tour providers, and other cruise lines have built the cost of their commission into their pricing. So if you're booking directly, you are just paying that money back to the provider when you could be spending it on the kind of service you would get from My Path Unwinding Travel. You've heard from their agents on our show. They are so knowledgeable, so giving of their time. They know so much about Disney Cruise Line, Sailing Concierge, other cruise lines, other all-inclusive vacations and adventures by Disney that if you have a vacation in mind, they are the ones to book it for you. So again, head over to mypathunwinding.com slash L Duo, so they know we sent you their way. Thanks, My Path Unwinding, for sponsoring the show. And with that, back to our episode. Well, Tracy, up next is Halifax. And so that's probably is that as far north as you got was Halifax. That was probably the northernmost port, right? Yes, I should say so. Yeah. yeah. And so what was Halifax like? Tendered or docked? And uh, how long were you there? What kind of excursions did they have? Halifax was docked, but we booked an all day, like get off the ship first, last one's back on. And this is not something I would normally do because it required a 90 minute bus ride each way. It appealed to me so much. It was called Explore the Bottom of the Ocean Floor. Again, this is like another area of the Bay of Fundy, more northern, where the tide goes out. You're in uh, Burnt Coat Head Park in Nova Scotia. We had a wonderful guide for that 90-minute bus ride. He educated us so much. And because I have Acadian ancestry that came from Nova Scotia, it was super exciting for me. Oh, cool. And he also told us, I did not realize this, when the Titanic sunk, 
the closest land was Newfoundland. And I, I guess there's not a lot there, but many of the um, people retrieved from the water were brought to Halifax and buried there. There's a whole cemetery of um, people oh, wow. who passed on the Titanic. Yeah, that we drove past. I didn't know any oh, of wow. that prior to this port excursion. But anyway, the um, port adventure was explore the ocean floor. So where it went out, like normally when it's high tide, that would be 40 or 50 feet deep. And there's a whole marine environment and you can go walk on the bottom of the ocean floor and see like, you know, seagrass beds and marine life that gets left behind. I mean, it moves really fast. Like we stood in one spot because this whole process only takes like six and a half hours. So like where you were standing in six and a half hours, that was going to be under 40 feet of water, 50 feet of water. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. When we got home, I was like nerding out watching documentaries about the Bay of Funny and everything. It was really cool to me. Yeah. Yeah. So and you could see, I think in Halifax, like the really popular excursion is a lighthouse called Peggy's Cove. I wasn't Mm -hmm. familiar with it, but we got to see there was a lighthouse there also. It wasn't Peggy's Cove. Then, you know, it it was like super muddy. Obviously, you're walking on something that's normally under that is underwater half the time. My kids and I, we we loved it. Nice. Oh, that sounds awesome. I would, I feel like that's something I would want to do. Like see, yeah. I mean, the fact that you can see that much ocean floor while the tide is out and then it's going to be covered by 40 feet of water later that day. That's like incredible. I can't imagine. Yeah. Let's go back on board for a second, Tracy. Did they do anything special on board for the uh, Canadian cruises? And was this a, since it's October, was this a Halloween on the high seas cruise for the magic? This was Halloween on the high seas. And I don't know where people are going, but we did trick or treat. I mean, it wasn't much. Was like three or four tables, but we did get to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Just to rewind for a second about the kids club, because you mentioned, you know, this was your first try at leaving your daughter in the kids club and then going off the ship. Was there anything special required at the kids club for that? Did you, I mean, oh, yeah, did you tell question. them you were leaving the ship and, you know, did they say, well, give us your cell phone number or something or, or anything like that? Yes. Yes, they did. We gave them two different cell phone numbers in case one wasn't working, but mm-hmm. um, everything was fine. I was on a Disney excursion, so would they have left without me? I don't know. <laughs> uh, probably not. <laughs> I mean, they have my child. Yeah. Maybe that's the workaround for private excursions. Leave your child in the kids club <laughs> and then the ship will not leave <laughs> without you. Yeah. Not recommended by the DCL duo, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I want to talk. I want to talk food for a second, Tracy. I know, like, w- magic is the magic. It has the rotational dining. Did they have any special menus on board for this Canadian cruise at all, or did they trot out anything special for the Canadian cr- cruise? No, but I will say that on Pirate Night, we were in animators, right? There was no, there was no pirate menu, which you'll be glad to know. But there was also no <gasps> pirate like imagery in any of the things. It was like the standard. What was that night? Oh, that was our second animators night, which means it was animation magic. I guess that's why we didn't oh. have any pirate imagery. Because you know, okay. usually they have like you know, yeah, cool chips yeah. and stuff. You know. Okay, yeah, I guess that's screens. why. Oh, yeah. interesting. I was surprised they didn't do Frozen Night for a Canadian sailing like they do for the Northern yeah, European don't. ones instead I don't of know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I wish they would have because I have yeah. one daughter who's super into Frozen. I know the reviews on the deck party have been lukewarm, Yeah, um, yeah. but I know she would have enjoyed it. Yeah. Did they have fireworks? You know, I know certain areas of the world because of either the wildlife or restrictions from, you know, land. Did they do fireworks up in up in Canada, out in the Atlantic? They did. We I think we were still because when you go from Maine to St. John's. So that was pirate night. We did have fireworks and we were still I guess maybe we're still in the Bay of Fundy. I don't know. Because you do. We did sail into the Bay of Fundy. It's huge. And then you sail back out to go to Halifax. Cool. Well, that's awesome. That must have been fun. I mean, Pirate Night, 
like you said, Pirate Night the menu is not our favorite, but the yeah, but the fireworks are always a treat. I love that. You you mentioned the uh, candy, the trick or treating was a little sparse, but how was Halloween on the high seas? Did they do like the full pumpkin tree lighting and have some activities on board or was it more uh, streamlined? No, I would say the the one other Halloween on the high seas I did was in 2018. And I would say it was it was about the same. You know, we had the deck party. We had the trick or treating. I think the only difference is that last time the trick or treating was inside the atrium pre-COVID. And uh, I guess it was a little bit more festive with the characters in costumes, like around while you're trick-or-treating. We didn't have that up on deck. But we, I mean, we still had the deck party. We still had the pumpkin tree lighting on the first night, you know, when they do the story and everything. So yeah, nice. I would say did we got all, the full experience. Did you all dress up, of course? And if so, what were the, was there a family themed costume or anything like that? I would say we dressed in theme. We didn't necessarily wear costumes. Uh, like bounding style. I have a really cute Maleficent dress that I got from the Main Street dress shop that I love to wear. Um, I love that. And my youngest, she made, she brought two different pirate costumes because she wanted to be a pirate for Halloween and for pirate. It works. I love that. We, it works. We have an overpacking problem in my family. Like it's, <laughs> it's just how it is. I think everyone who cruises has an overpacking problem. I, if anyone out there has cracked the uh, packing for a cruise without overpacking question, then uh, we'd love to hear from you. I suppose our friend Steve uh, over at the DCL podcast, since he's a pilot, he knows how to pack efficiently. But uh, everyone else out there. I'm, and his wife is a flight attendant. Yes. So I feel like they yeah. are probably some of the best packers out yes. there. But I feel like I've gotten better. Don't you think, Brian? I, I don't. I used to overpack a lot more mm. and I still overpack, <laughs> not like I used to. I think next next cruise, we should do the other uh, thing where it's like anything that you wear, you know, you take the hanger off and everything that you don't you do and we'll see we'll see how good the overpacking problem has gotten uh yeah tracy i'm curious on board if they had any like special character outfits or meets or anything like in alaska they get mickey and minnie dressed up in their like warm weather parkas or their cold weather parkas i should say like anything like that on board like sweaters you mean like fun sweaters brian uh, just fun character outfits yeah uh no i don't remember noticing anything like that we had the sanderson sisters oh uh, yeah well yeah yeah for yeah. halloween it seems like that's the big thing this year at least everybody on every halloween on the high seas and actually they were in the parks too for the whatever they call the park oogie boogie and i think even for the the one on disney world mickey's not so scary mickey's not so but the original but the original announcement was it it was only going to be on dcl and then of course they expanded because everybody wanted to see clarabelle and daisy and minnie i think am i getting the characters right i hope so but wanted to see them dressed as the sanderson sisters yeah I think that was, that's pretty fun. Well, Tracy, what else did you want to be sure to share about this Canadian cruise adventure that you uh, that you had? Anything that we haven't talked about that really stood out for you? The magic? I was on it in April, and I would say like it's ready for that dry dock. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. They highlighted the chandelier on the Art of the Theme Show tour. That's what I did on the last sea day, and it has a spot where it's in need of repair. <laughs> Oh, and then yeah. like, somebody somebody just posted like where it says magic on the marble, like close to the Captain Mickey statue, like a letter was missing at one point. I don't know, just things that the ship was very clean, but it wasn't um, it was not at top Disney standards, I'll say. Yeah. Yeah. She needs some TLC. I, I think you're right about that. 
I think she's still got months before that dry dock, though, right, Sam? Isn't it? Like- yeah, because we're going on it one more time. Yeah, it's yeah. either April or May. I can't rem- I, I can't remember which one, but I, it's definitely spring of 23. So yeah. we're talking five or six months away from now. But yeah, I mean, yeah. she needs some... She needs some TLC in some places, and we were supposed to be on in February, but we just uh, we just yes. canceled that cruise. So uh, yeah, I out of your home city, Tracy. We were, we're still just, going to New Orleans. We're still we're going, still to, going New to New Orleans. Orleans. We're just not going on yeah. a cruise. So uh, yeah, I, I kind of want to wait till the magic gets dry docked before we go back on again because I'd like to see what the dry dock does for that ship because it definitely showing its age. Definitely showing. Its age. Well, I wasn't going to go, and then they when they released that Disney Plus promotion, I was like, I, I can't pass this up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I know because the itineraries are not great. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. The magic is when when not in Europe. The magic I just feel like gets the short end of the stick in terms of its itineraries. Although, uh, be making its way out to the West Coast next year, so uh, that uh, I guess we'll get a chance to be on board the magic, right, Sam? At some point, yeah, <laughs> we're going to sail West Coast itineraries again. Well, we'll still have the wonder. The wonder will still be out here for part of the year as well. It's just the 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 magic's going to be out here, you know, because we're on the holiday the time. Yeah, yeah. 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 So. yeah. Well, anything else, Tracy, that you wanted to be sure to highlight for folks uh, before we I subject you to Sam's uh, torture? No, I just I, the cruise overall was absolutely fantastic. I'm so glad that we decided to do it because they don't they don't have anything like that available in on the website anymore. I mean, I don't like Bar Harbor isn't taking cruise passengers. I think they have one Canadian sailing that stops in St. John, which was probably our least favorite of all three ports. And it's mm-hmm. a four night and that's it. And then it's just uh, Bermuda. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 They don't have like like we said at the top of the show, there's not that many itineraries that hit Canada on the East Coast in general. And if they and they change them up a little bit. And so, yeah, that was I, I feel like you got a really amazing itinerary and especially getting a six night. I Oftentimes those Canadian itineraries are shorter and so you don't get as many port stops. And I think, yeah, I think you got probably one of the best ones out there. So I agree. If you really want to go back to Canada, I will say we had our two friends of our show, Mikhail and Dan, from the Sometimes Sailing blog on not too long ago. And they did that um, main Windjammer cruise, I think it was. I'm looking it up here. Episode 130, uh, All You Can Eat Lobster on a Schooner and Made with Dan. Yeah, this was a much, much small ship. This is not not big (laughs) ship cruising. This is... Not quite expedition. Well, it's closer to expedition cruising, I'd say, than um, than large ship cruising. It's kind of somewhere in between. But yeah, much small, very small ship with not all the amenities. And of course, no characters on board, but lots of seafood. <laughs> Nighttime entertainment includes one of the crew members playing the guitar, as I recall. So uh, yeah, so yes, a uh, very different style of cruising. But if you really want to go experience Canada, uh, Maine, those sorts of places, uh, now that it sounds like uh, bigger cruise ships are going to have a tougher time. And Disney doesn't sail there a ton, to Tracy's point. Uh, there are other options to get up there and see those ports. But uh, Tracy, as we round out the show, it is time for that part of our show where I hand you over to Sam for some arbitrary <laughs> questions and some arbitrary rules and just general arbitrary arbitrariness on Sam's part, uh, including arbitrary judgment or the round we like to call rapid fire. So Sam... 
Take it away. Why, thank you, Brian. Tracy, the last time you were on the show we was a bonus show that we talked about in New Orleans. So we did not do rapid fire with uh, with you, as if my memory serves correctly. So I'm going to do our classic rapid fire. I'm going to ask you first some of your general Disney favorites and then your Disney Cruise Line favorites. And I love that you have been on all five ships at this point. So now you can choose from across the fleet when I ask you your favorites, okay? All right. Okay. So favorite Disney or Pixar character? Elliot from Pete's Dragon. I bought that Main Street Electrical Parade popcorn bucket and the turtle sipper. That's hilarious. Literally that I was just talking about. All right. What is your favorite Disney or Pixar movie? And is it Pete's Dragon? (laughs) I think it is Pete's Dragon. Awesome. That's such a great one. You know, I feel like I feel like now I have to go back and watch that because I haven't seen it in years and years. And it's so it's just so good. All right. Your favorite Disney song? Want to be like you from the Jungle Book. Yes, Jungle Book. Yeah. Love it. Uh, Your favorite Disney Cruise Line stage show from across the fleet? And I'm going to have to trust you, Tracy, because I know as a big Broadway fan, I feel like this is a really important question. I I loved The Little Mermaid. I thought it was great. I don't know if it's better than Seize the Adventure. That's a tough one. But the inter- like the wish is fresh in my mind and the entertainment was like two levels above the performers on the magic. So I guess I guess I'll go with Seize the Adventure. Awesome. Yeah, I thought it was great, too. And I thought Little Mermaid was great. I would I'm going to still say Beauty and the Beast beats them, but I think they're fan- they're all fantastic shows on the wish. And I feel like the shows on some of the other ships need some freshening up. So love it. OK, your favorite bar space on board any of the five ships. Again, I was just on the wish. But does the Bayou beat the French Quarter Lounge? Maybe. It's really close, Ooh. right? Those are it's a really good competition right there, though, because they both have the beignets and Cafe Olay. Yeah, they're both Princess and the Frog themed. Ooh, that's a really tough one. You know what? I'm gonna go with I'm still gonna stick with the French Quarter Lounge because I love the cards that are like the coasters that they put out and the bayou doesn't have that. And I don't eat yes. those beignets. That's sacrilege to me, but <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right. Fair enough. Okay. I but I, I actually have to agree with you. I would have picked the French Quarter Lounge as well, except I do eat. Them. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All right. Favorite onboard activity. Favorite thing to just do when you're on an on a ship, not including obviously port stuff on the ship. The just hanging out on the deck, like the pools. The the think the pool setup on the Wish is so great. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Like there are many levels of pools that you can hang out in and watch Funnel Vision or it's so easy to see your kiddo everywhere. Yeah. Uh, Hanging out on deck. Totally. And 100% agree with you about the wish. The best pool deck by far. Great setup. Watching Funnel Vision from a million different pools. I love it. Oh, in fact, on our sea day, we f- we got a spot on one of those beds, you know, that like accommodate mm-hmm. four people. The kids just started go. They went to Marsley Market and started like bringing us dessert. I was like, this is great. This is probably better. I've never been in concierge, but this is the closest I'm ever going to get. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Having your kids bring you dessert on a day bed. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, they don't use you don't use child labor in concierge, but uh, yeah, it's a similar, similar experience. <laughs> I love it. Love it. All right. Favorite rotational dining. I'm really curious to hear now because you've been on all the ships and, and you just got off the wish. So I'm curious if if any of the wish beat out, I don't know, like a Tiana's or Rapunzel's or something. Uh, historically, it's actually been Al- Animator's Palette, but I think Arendelle takes the cake Ooh, on this wow. one. Wow. Yeah. I loved the food. The entertainment was fantastic. 
the live musicians, yeah. you know, I, I loved it. I thought the food was really good there too. I mean, I thought the entertainment was great as well. I think it depended on your sight lines and stuff that made some of the difference, but I thought the food in Arendelle was fantastic. Yeah. I agree. All right. Favorite space on any of the ships, uh, besides the pool deck, let's, let's pick a different space, but favorite space to hang out in. I, I didn't get to stay in the rows long, but Mm -hmm. You know, sailing out of Port Canaveral is not the most exciting space, but having those floor-to-ceiling windows and the chairs that face out, I really enjoyed that. That's one yeah. I haven't mentioned yet. Oh, yeah. yeah. We love the rose. It's beautiful. I I think it's a really nice sort of replacement for Meridian. It's, you know, it feels a little more upscale. And yeah, I love the windows as well. Awesome. Okay. I need to ask you, because we love talking about food, favorite savory food item on Disney Cruise Line? Probably the lamb. Oh yeah, that you get in um, Lumieres or Tritons. Yeah, nice. If That's I had to pick one. one, yeah. I know my like some people are not fan of the breadcrumbs because they're not real crispy, but I the lamb I think is really good. Yeah, Brian gets that a lot. I would say as well. I'm more of a steak person than a lamb person. All right, favorite sweet food item on DCL. When it's at its best, the creme brulee is actually really good. The creme brulee in April on the Magic was outstanding, and it wasn't as good this time. I don't know why, mm. um, but the lobster was much better. The lobster this trip on the Magic was much better than any I've ever had in a Disney dining room. But anyway, the creme brulee is Ooh. very good. Nice. I have to tell you that I have never had good lobster tail on a Disney Cruise Line ship. I've had it multiple times and it's never good. It's always like overcooked and chewy and yeah. But I imagine you got plenty of good lobster ashore anyway. <laughs> yeah, I know. I agree. Usually I think, I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes I think when you're in the Caribbean, they use that Caribbean lobster. Mm-hmm. It wasn't cooked quite right on the Magic last time, but it was definitely a better lobster than I've ever had before in DCL. All right. Aqua Duck versus Aqua Dunk versus Aqua Mouse. That's tough. I, I'm not. Really? I'm not going to go Aqua Dunk because that the bottom dropping out. That's not for me. But I hear you. I don't know. I guess probably the Aqua Duck just because you know the first time I saw that it was so new and it was so amazing to me. The Aqua Mouse is very cool, but I mean it is Aqua Duck 2.0 or a plus up version of that. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. All right. Second to last question. Favorite ship. In the fleet. Now you've got five to choose from. I am curious to know what, you know what, if you could give us even your rankings, that might be oh. even better. What's your favorite? And then what's the order at beyond that even? I would love to know that. Uh, right right now, it's the wish. Like the wish was just, I, I, I thought it was fantastic. Then maybe the fantasy. Um, the itineraries are great. I, I love the fantasy. The food is probably was my least favorite of the across the fleet. I'm pining for the wonder. I'm sad that it's not coming back to New Orleans because of all the New Orleans theming. So I'll say number three on that, the magic and then the dream. I've only been on the dream twice and both time for three nights. Yeah, that's the, you know, the dream always falls to the bottom for us as well. And I think it's, it probably more has to do with the itineraries that it's been on for so long um, than anything else. It's obviously it's, you know, it's a nice ship. It's, it's not that much different from the fantasy, but that difference in itinerary makes a big difference in your, I feel like in your perception of, of what that ship is like. So yeah. All right. My last question is, as I always like to ask people, your bucket list cruise, you could go anywhere on the world on a Disney Cruise Line ship. It doesn't even have to be someplace that Disney Cruise Line currently goes. 
where are you sailing to? I'm going to stick with the the long sailing around Hawaii. I think there's like a nine or a 10 night. And then from there up to Vancouver for Alaska, like a back to back. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Count me in. I'm there. <laughs> awesome. Sam, you're just there for any cruise. I that involves. I'm there for really? not any. Not any. Really? Some, what cruise? Yeah. Name the cruise you would not do on Disney Cruise Line. Well, like not. I don't know if this one I would not. Well, but, uh, there might be. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if we were going to be like out in rough, wherever it was really rough seas, like that would be that would. Be and yet fun. you want to do an expedition cruise at some point. So there you go. Well, yeah, I'm going to have to drug myself up for an expedition cruise like hardcore. Right. I'm going to have to be like. I'm going to have to be heavily, heavily drugged up to be able to do an expedition cruises, particularly going through like the Drake Passage to go to the Galapagos. Yeah. So. All right. Well, all the listeners out there here, here first, uh, when Sam does her <laughs> expedition sailing, the title of that show will be What a Long Strange Trip. Uh, so, there we go. <laughs> uh, any Grateful Dead fans out there will get that reference. All right. Yeah. So, well, Tracy, really appreciate you coming on and sharing your experience with your Canadian sailing with us and sailing out of New York. It's so fun. And we just don't get to hear about these ports very often. So, just a lot of fun to talk to you about that. And hopefully, we'll see you down in the bayou here uh, in February. Maybe we can find a way to uh, have a beignet and a cup of coffee together with you yeah. down in New Orleans. But uh, thanks or so much. Or maybe a hurricane or a hurricane. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hurricane. <laughs> Sam's daily afternoon hydration in New Orleans. Uh, <laughs> it is actually. Yeah. Uh, but I just Tracy, take a walk. I just take a stumble over to Pat O'Brien's yeah. and get me a hurricane to go. <laughs> yeah. But Tracy, thank you so much for taking time today to come on and uh, share your cruise with us. Oh, it was my pleasure. A big thank you to all of you out there for listening this week. We really, really appreciate it. We do have another five-star review to read on the air this week from Apple Podcasts. This one comes from Chair87, who writes, Fun, informative, honest, yet positive. A great podcast full of useful information, especially for first-timers. Go back to some of the older episodes for tips, tricks, suggestions, and general information you want to know for your first trip. Then listen to all the trip reports to hear what it's really like on embarkation, sea days, certain ports, etc. The ones featuring other first-time cruisers are particularly useful. Just finished the episode all about sailing out of Miami, and I cannot tell you how helpful it was. It has been difficult to find that kind of information anywhere else. Well, thank you, Chair. 87 for that review. We really, really appreciate it. The reviews and feedback from our listeners are really what keep us going. So really, really appreciate it. With that, just thanks once again for listening. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL duo each week. We'd also love it if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. If you hit those five stars, that's great. If you leave us a written review along with a five-star review, we will be sure to read it on the air at the end of one of our main episodes. If you're hovering over anything less than five stars, we really want you to reach out to us so we can take your feedback. Best way to do that, head to dclduo.com to find all the ways to connect with us. It links to our podcast, our vlog, our blog, has all the ways you can connect with us on social media, has our Etsy store where you can find our fun beach bags and magnets that we designed as enthusiasts of each of the Disney Cruise Line ships, has a link off to our Patreon if you'd like to help support the show. We really, truly appreciate each and every one of our Patreons for helping to support the show each and every month, has a link off to our show sponsor, My Path Unwinding, where you can get more information about booking a fabulous vacation, which also really helps to support our show. All the things are there, including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show if you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us, or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402 402- 
413-5590, and that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. Good night. Good night.